Do you ever feel like you're not marketing enough? You know what you should be doing, but the thought of doing it sucks the life force out of you. You'd much rather work with your clients or do almost anything else, including cleaning your cat's litter box, than market your business. If that's you, I want you to know that you are not alone. So today on the podcast, we're doing something a little bit different. I am letting you in on a recent conversation I did with two Export Up Club members, Laura Gatos-Young and Bev Feldman, about under-marketing their business, why it happens, what they're doing about it, and some of the unforeseen consequences of not getting the word out there about your business. So sit back, grab a pen and paper, and maybe a cup of coffee, and enjoy this conversation. Welcome to Make Marketing Suck Less, the podcast that knows marketing is, well, freaking hard, especially when you're a solo business owner trying to juggle it all. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mazur, author of The Three Word Rebellion and founder of The Expert Up Club. Forget the latest marketing fads and tactics promising social media stardom. I'm here with research-backed strategies to help you clarify your message and get twice as effective with your marketing. And while I can't promise you'll ever love marketing, I'm here to make you hate it a tiny bit less. All right, welcome everyone to our very first round table discussion. And this one is all about flying under the radar and under marketing your business. Um, and the reason I wanted to have this conversation is number one, I've noticed this pattern for a really long time where people come to me and they're in one or two, one of two situations. Either they're under marketing, which can look it shows up in different ways. It can look like people thinking to themselves, uh, marketing just doesn't work. I'm going to give up. I'm just going to rely on referrals. Or it looks like people marketing, but then beating themselves up that they're never doing enough marketing <laughs> in their business because we're inundated with messages about all these different tactics that we should be doing, we should be trying, like, oh, and, and how do you know, like, what is right for your business? And how do you know, like, if you are marketing enough? So sometimes I wonder if under marketing is actually a symptom of over marketing or thinking you should be doing more marketing. And then the flip side of this, and in two weeks, we're going to be talking about this is over marketing your business, which is this is this is the side I index on. <laughs> <laughs> like I am the person who is chronically an over marketer. Like if things get stressful, I'm like, what else could I do? <laughs> and sometimes we swing in between these a little bit like a pendulum. So I wanted to have this conversation about under marketing because I think it's something we don't talk about enough. And also I realized during the last Expert Up Club open house is that People hung out for a good 15 minutes after the event ended just to chat. So I was like, oh, people really are craving community, are wanting to talk business together and get some ideas from each other. So I'm like, let's facilitate that. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to kick it off. And I have two guest co-host experts with me. Um, they are members from of the Expert Up Club. They're Laura Gatos-Young and Bev Feldman, and I will let them introduce themselves in just a second. And I would just love to know from you, like, what is your business? What do you do? Just put that in the chat, and I will let Laura introduce herself first. Sure. Thanks for having me, Michelle. It's nice to meet all of you. I am a copywriter, so I focus on sales copy for uh, clients. And I also, through 
sort of the evolution of my business started working with um, consultants, coaches, the people that I initially started writing for on their marketing strategy. So it was sort of my background is PR and marketing for I worked in for 15 years in the corporate world um, and agencies. And then I went on my own, started writing. I love writing. And so my work in marketing uh, evolved to start working with my clients on that as well. Nice to meet you. Well, thank you for being here. And I've known you for ages. So, And Bob, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. First of all, I feel all this pressure to get my, <laughs> my, my, uh, my pitch down after I was on a call with Michelle yesterday. And I'm just like, oh, I should write this. Anyway, my name is Bev Feldman. My business is your personal tech fairy. And I'm an email marketing consultant. And I provide personalized and nuanced email automation strategies combined with ConvertKit tech support for small, you know, coaches, consultants, small-based business owners who have, you know, an established presence online or or experts experts at what they do and are transitioning to the online space who want someone who's going to understand their business, their business model, what it is they sell, who they're selling to, and who are just feeling done with this one-size-fits-all messaging around how to do email marketing. They're done with it and they want something that's more, that's going to fit with their business. All right. Well, thanks, Beth, for being here. And let's see, we have Mora, who is a feminist financial planner, which that sounds awesome and amazing. (laughs) Tracy is the home improvement blogger and the queen of painting everything. (laughs) That is a skill. And (laughs) Melly is a public scholar and podcaster um, on lived religion among Jews, Christians, and Muslims. Such an interesting topic, especially right now with everything that's happening in the world. Victoria, I'm an experienced design marketer and chief of staff. Kim is a business and financial strategist and accountant for small businesses. And Janet, hey, Janet, it's been a while. She's a business strategist, strategist, CEO and founder of Seven Point Trends, where she's helping exhausted CEOs and entrepreneurs organize their business so they can have a fantastic life. And Kim's also a podcaster, the Sassy Strategist podcaster. Yay, podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm clearly a fan. So... (laughs) All right. What I'm going to do is ask Bev and Laura to share on like a series of questions about under marketing. And also you should reflect on what these on your answers to these questions as well. And feel free to pop them into the chat. We'll also have time to talk about them towards the end. And you can ask ask us any questions, share any insights. So the first question I wanted to ask is, what does it look like when you are under marketing your business? Or what doesn't it look like when you're under marketing your business? Like, what are you thinking, saying, doing, or not doing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, when you're in kind of that phase of business. Do you want, who do you want? Do you want to start with me? Laura. (laughs) Okay. Um, All the things. So when I'm not marketing my business or under marketing my business, uh, it shows up in a few ways. I'm just not consistent with what I know to be the right uh, marketing activities for me. I very, um, I'm very strategic in the things that I do. So I don't have a presence on many different platforms. I know where I should be for my audience and I know what I should be doing and I'm not doing it. So that could look like not blocking time in my schedule to get the stuff done, to get the content written. It can also be, I've always been sort of in the background of the action, especially when I worked in PR and fashion and that visibility factor of me you know, all, what what it looks like to show up in groups and do stuff like this or, you know, do a lot of video, which is proven to do really well on platforms like LinkedIn and stuff. I'm just not doing that. Um, so the undermarketing for me looks like not making time to do it, not getting it done, showing up inconsistently and prioritizing my client work um, over my over my own business promotion. So, you know, every day I'm selling on behalf of my clients, whether it's writing copy or helping them get their visibility and kind of their customers, customer journeys going, but I'm not doing it for myself. 
So I think what's interesting and and what we can get into is, you know, the good thing is I know what's working in marketing because I see it working for my clients at at their different stages of business and their different sort of uh, revenue levels and clientele and stuff. But what I'm finding is I'm seeing what's working for them in this market where things are very much slower, sales cycles are longer, uh, people are not opting in the way they used to, um, everything mm-hmm. we've been told about throw up a lead magnet and you're going to get grow your email list is really not working, even for the, you know, the bigger companies with a lot of recognition. So I, I mean, I think under marketing, I think really, if I wanted to sum it up, it, I know what I should be doing and I'm not making the time to do it. And even if I do have the time, I say, oh, but I could rather do this or, you know, I'll spend my time doing this. So yeah. it's a bit of a mindset thing and it's a bit of a time thing. Okay. Okay. I have a couple of follow-up questions, but I just want to say like in the chat, like Tracy said, she sends one email and hopes that's what under marketing looks like. <laughs> and people are really resonating with what you're saying about not making time, knowing what you should be doing. And I want to follow up with that, but I want to hear from Bev first. Yeah. So a lot of that definitely resonated with me, what Laura shared, particularly the piece about the inconsistency. Um, like I made a goal. I'm going to, you know, write, I'm experimenting right now with LinkedIn. And so I made this goal. Okay. I'm going to post once a week and I've just been very inconsistent in that. Um, so feel like it's hard to give myself enough time to really experiment and see if something's working. Cause I'm not doing it the way I like, basically you get stuck in like, Oh, this is such a slog. <laughs> I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. That it's like, hard to follow through with it. Um, I'd say for me, a big piece of that too is overthinking. So I send a weekly newsletter and both when I write that newsletter or if I'm writing a LinkedIn post, like I just get so caught up in what I'm saying and saying it right and saying it well, that that kind of, that takes, ends up taking me a lot longer. So I don't have time to do some, to do other marketing activities um, or it just takes and just unnecessarily long period of time. And then the the other thing I noticed, and actually it's funny that Kim's here because I post, I tagged her in a LinkedIn post when I, ta- I uh, brought in what she had shared at a conference she spoke at last week about making the ask that I'm realizing my own email marketing, I'm very consistent about showing up consistently. <laughs> I show up weekly, but I don't make that ask. So my under marketing shows that is I will be here and like remind you I exist, but then I don't actually ask you to take action. So that's been the biggest struggle for me. And I noticed that with my clients as well, that people don't want to come off as salesy, which I totally understand. I don't want to come off as salesy, but I'm also in order to be a business owner, I have to be my own sales rep, which means I have to make the ask. <sighs> Oh, so there's two things (laughs) that I resonated with. And more, I was like, that's me taking too long on the writing thing. Like the overthinking thing, I do that as well, Um, especially with my emails that I send. Like if I don't give it to my assistant to upload into ConvertKit, I will tweak that email you get in your inbox to death. Like, oh, is this quite the right word? Or maybe I need like a better example here, like and spend hours doing that. And that just makes marketing so much harder than it already is. I also Um, think too, like the templates they tell you to follow and the frameworks and all these things. I think a lot of time the templates and all these different you know, oh, caption your post like this on LinkedIn or do it like this. It's almost sucking the spirit out of you. It's almost sucking your creative energy out of you because you can't just go and do it. It's like, oh, no, but you have to do it this way. And this is what you have to say. I have to say it. So I think that's another thing, too. It's like you're kind of limited by what what the rules are. Mm-hmm. Well, and I had this epiphany 
<laughs> recently that all of the rules about how to get people's attention and how to write hooks, like, yes, I think that is, there's a place for that and you should think about it. But I also think it leads to more of the same, like, especially like on a platform like LinkedIn, like, like 99% of people are getting this wrong. <laughs> And you're like, oh, great, another one of these posts. So there's like all of these rules that are made up by people. And actually, when we try to follow it, it actually it can keep us from getting our message out or sounding like ourselves. Totally. Totally. So we've already started touching on this question, but I want to ask it formally and follow up on something you said, Laura, as well. Um, And what prevents you from marketing your business? And I'd love to know from everyone else what, well, what and their thoughts actually, are. We, we touched on this too earlier, and I think it's a really great lesson. So I'm luckily, I've always been uh, consistently busy in my business, either referrals, my main source of new business is referrals. And I work with clients long time, like long time clients for repeat business or retainers. So what's recently happened, though, and I think this is such a great lesson, and it's actually something I've been talking about with my clients is I recently had a major change in my business where a huge client of mine, my biggest is, um, I'll no longer be working with them, not for anything, you know, scandalous, but it was just a natural <laughs> evolution of their business. And it's something I'd relied on for years now. And all of a sudden it's poof. And the first thing I said to myself was you wouldn't be feeling this pit in your stomach had you been doing what you know you should have been doing and consistently marketing. Because even if you didn't have a lead or a warm lead or sales, you know, people you could uh, reach out to, you would have the confidence that you've been doing what you have to be, what you should be doing up until this point. So it was a real wake up call. So I haven't been marketing my business because I'm busy and I'm not in that, um, it's it, I'm not in that spot where, oh, I have to bring in clients. I need to build up my I need to build up my billables. But that's the best time to work when you're not to market, <laughs> when you're not marketing from a place of, oh, I need to do this. Your energy is different. You're coming at it from a different angle. You're thinking about showing up to, you know, you're thinking about showing, not telling. And when I mean that, you're thinking about showing up and just talking and sharing versus trying to sell or intentionally try to lead people down a path. Um, so the time you are busy and feeling, you know, say, secure and flush is when you should be marketing. So largely speaking, um, in the back of your mind, even if you don't, if even if I don't say, oh, um, I have all these clients I don't need to market. That's sort of that security blanket is there. Like, oh, you're busy, Laura. Like, you don't need to be doing this because you're busy. And what if you get more clients and you can't take them on? And, you know, it's this whole mind thing. Um, but what it really does is it gives you the freedom to pick and choose who you want to be working with and mm. experiment, as Michelle always says. You know, you can experiment and play at those times. Like, what is working? What isn't working? What if I tried this? Um, what if I did host my own roundtable? Like, what if one person came or what if 10 people came? Who knows? But it's okay because it, you're, you're not relying on the outcome. So that's why I'm not marketing my business. I'm busy and um, I don't have the time. I also have two very young children. So that takes up a lot of uh, my time as well. Um, I know I'd be working more had I, if I didn't have that responsibility as well. So that it, time is a real concern of mine. But yes, I don't market it because I don't, I haven't been in this position where I feel up against the wall. Mm. Just not what you should be doing. <laughs> marketing. <laughs> Let me just be clear. <laughs> but but I understand that. I really understand that. Um, like, well, things are going well, or clients keep coming in, so I don't really need to market. And then all of a sudden, if the tap shuts off or starts mm -hmm. to slow down, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And you don't know when it's going to happen because life happens on life's mm -hmm. terms, right? So, yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. you, Bev? Say that, like, as you're talking, Laura, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is me. I, I had such a great start to the year that I was like, oh, I don't need to do anything. I've got clients coming to me. And then when I finally, when things quieted down, I was like, oh shoot, that that was a missed opportunity. And I'm seeing how 
not using that time before. It was just like, well, I can focus on my client work. What's, you know, it'll be fine. I'll constantly have this stream of people coming in. And I think, you know, I don't know if it was luck or some marketing efforts I'd done before, but you, you know, I'm seeing now that I'm also in a very different energy, like you talked about that, like, not that I'm desperate, but I feel like it almost makes me want to hold back more and it makes me question myself a little bit more like, oh, you know, is what I'm offering valuable? Like, is this this offer that I created over the summer or people, is it actually something that people want or need? And I think it kind of also speaks to your point of like putting yourself out there and experimenting with things and that wonder if, if I do this and I put all this energy and time into it and then it just like no one comes, that doesn't feel good. So I think sometimes <laughs> our own fear of like, well, what if I do the thing and it doesn't work? So therefore, why don't I just not do it? Because I don't want to have wasted time and energy. So then we like we end up just doing it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That like I'm just not going to put it out there because if it does flop, it's only like it's only because it wasn't out there, not because what I did was not what someone wanted, was not what people wanted, or you know, it's like yeah, we're, it's almost like a form of protection. I think the idea of energy is, is good too. It is really important too. And, and, you know, my corporate days, I was, what are you talking about? You just plow through. But when you're a, in a one-to-one service or you're working in, you know, as if you run a group or you're, you're working with clients, that creative energy, that being on, being sharp, being full of ideas, that tends to go to your clients. So then when mm-hmm. it's time to come to put that into your own stuff, you're spent, right? Unless you block off a day and say, or or a block of time and say, okay, this is, and you know, okay, you're planning. Okay, I'm fresh now. I know I'll likely be, have the energy and stuff to do it now. But I find that as service providers that work with other people, there's just so much energy that goes into the client work that you can feel like you're tapped out. Uh, yeah, I feel that one deeply too. Because especially like, well, with the work that we all do, it's very creative work. And then by the time you're like, Oh, I have to do my own marketing. I'm like, but I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't right? feel yeah. creative. It is, it's it. I'll, I'll like say it. I'm tired like all the time. Like mm-hmm. I'm so tired. So it's like, you know, but you show up for your, your professional. So you show up for your clients and you give your all. And then yeah. you don't have, you know, it's easier to say, well, you know what? I'll get to this tomorrow because it's for my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and I love what Bev was saying about, um, thinking like, oh, well, this probably won't work. So I'm just not going to do it. Or what if it flops? So I'm just not going <laughs> to put put it out there or do the marketing around it. I, I sometimes call that launching with a whisper, like you create a really cool yes. thing. And you're like, hey, you, <laughs> I made this. <laughs> and then nothing happens. Yeah. Um, and like, one of the things that's helped me with that is that and one of the things that we talk about, like in the Extra Up Club, is that everything is an experiment. So you put it out there and see what works, right? <laughs> like, because whether it works or not, you're getting feedback. So it gets you closer to what does work. Like a couple years ago, um, these like nine word emails were all the rage. Yes. And they're just like these very short emails that are like, hey, are you still interested in interior design services? And you send that to people and then they write back. I did that to one of my emails and it was crickets, like nothing happened. Everybody's like, oh, it gets great response. And I'm like, no, I have trained my email community to expect more substantial emails from me than that. That even if I'm selling, I'm still giving them something that's kind of, they can sink their teeth into. And I was like, oh yeah, that's never going to work for me. I mean, it can work. Like I found, then I tweaked it and I'm like, oh, I can use it in a follow-up and that works. Um, But mm, yeah. So (laughs) I think this also speaks to the point that, you know, just because something works for someone. Mm. And I think, you know, so many times, you know, we see this like, oh, it's a mindset issue. We see this with the online space with business ownership. Like, no, sometimes it legitimately just doesn't work. I tried that too. 
And I think I had someone reply to that email, ask me if that was a sales email. <laughs> so like <laughs> same with my audience, it just doesn't work. I think like mm-hmm. I, I send much more verbose and robust emails that it kind of feels out of place. And not that I regret experimenting with it, but I think, no, yeah, it just wasn't a right fit. And I think when you talked about you know, the the launch with the whisper, I know for myself, like we've all probably been in some sort of launch email sequence and that feels so, it feels like a lot. And it's also a lot to put into creating it. And I know for myself, like I don't like that, that, that intensity of launching something or the intensity that can come with launching something. Mm-hmm. So I know that I struggle with when I do launch something new, how do I do it? So it doesn't feel like this big thing instead of like, here's just this new offering in addition to what I'm already mm-hmm. uh, was already available. And, and the thing is, Bev, because I'm familiar with your business and most likely the way that you're launching something will never feel like it's a big thing. Cause like l- yesterday I got three launch emails from someone each with a different expiring bonus, then with a discount code. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like this person has never sent this, these many emails. And that makes me feel like, oh, you're like dominating my inbox versus like, I'm just going to send you an email a day about this thing. And then it ends and you can opt out of it. So I feel like I get that. And the spotlight effect is real. And we're more aware of what Mm. we're putting out there. And no one else is really paying that much attention to us. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. That's what I was going to say too. It's like, we're worried about my, like, I'm worried about my LinkedIn video. It's like, really, Laura? No one cares about me. Like, it would be great if someone stopped and looked, but they're not, they're not going through your marketing with a fine tooth comb like you are. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's true too. And like, you know, what I find with clients too is like, they're like, Laura, I know I need to do this sales sequence. I know I need to write these sales emails. I'm never going to do it myself. I'm never going to feel fully comfortable doing it for many reasons. You know, the feelings and emotions tied into it, but also like what it takes to write an email that sells. And I think that's why people hire others to do it. Because sometimes you don't, If depending on your business and your audience, you don't need a sales sequence. And I'm happy to tell people that, but sometimes you do in terms Mm -hmm. of certain offers and, and kind of like, you know, thinking of of it as a sales conversation, as if you were in a store talking to someone about buying something, it's sort of that. But um, I always tell people too, like, this sounds like to Michelle, like what you were saying about, it sounds like they, you know, they had, they hired some copywriter who said, no, 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 this is what's working right now. We have to send three emails on day one. And if that just doesn't feel good to you, like, advocate, you know, if you're ever working with someone, just say, this doesn't feel good to me. Like, and that's for all marketing, I find like, oh, do this, that and the other. And it's like, if it doesn't sit well with you and you can't just show up as yourself doing whatever it is, like people mm-hmm. say, oh, keynote speaking is the way to go. I know myself, if I get on a stage, I will just legit pass out on a stage. Like that is not the way to go for me. <laughs> like I know myself. So yeah. you have to find out. And I think it's an evolution of figuring out what feels the best for you. What's doable. I know you always say this. It's like, what? you know, show up strong wherever you show up, but make sure it's doable for you. And it feels like it's your best option, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something there's a lot of conflicting advice in the marketing and messaging world about what you should be doing. And everybody will tell you what you should be doing. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, you have to figure out like, what is marketing that plays to your unique strengths, and that you at least don't want to walk into the sun while you are doing it. (laughs) Like you have to, I'm I'm not going to say you need to like love it and enjoy doing it, but there should be this, just this glimmer of like, Oh, I kind of like interacting on LinkedIn or showing up on threads or whatever it is. Um, Otherwise you're, you're not, you're not going to do it. Um, And there's some, uh, oh, so we have some chats. So Victoria said, I don't have any deadlines for my own business. So I do client work instead. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I have been there too. And Kim says, 
Brand personality alignment matters. Some people like the quick tip or the catchy headline, while others prefer more depth. I think success lies in speaking the same language as your audience. Yes, Kim, I 100% agree with that. Um, because what we're doing, all of, all of what we do has to center on who your people are, what they're talking about. Um, and if it doesn't, and if it, if it becomes like, oh, this is the Michelle show, then marketing is never going to be that effective. And Maura says, also, it feels like so much of the advice out there revolves around launches as if we all have big programs when many people offer individual services. Yes, and individual services need to be marketed in an ongoing way. It's it's definitely more, well, it's more evergreen. And also you have to think about your capacity, like how many people do you actually need in order to support yourself? So with that, so Bev and Laura, you've talked a little bit about the impacts under marketing has had on your business in terms of like clients, like Laura, you're finding yourself in the situation where you're like, oh, I wish I would have been marketing six months ago and bev you're also seeing that you're not getting the clients you want are there any other impacts that you feel like under marketing has on your business well as a marketer who does this full time you know or you know half half my time i, I do beat myself up i'm like laura you know how to do this why aren't you doing it for yourself like it's just where's that internal resistance and i'm hard on myself anyways about everything it's just my personality so for me it is this nagging thing inside of me that i think about every day but for whatever reason i just don't you know force myself to do it so i think that on a personal level like it, it does take up my space in my mind oh i think she froze <laughs> Bev, how about you until Laura comes back? <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, I definitely, yeah, I see it. Going out the there and sharing this oh, idea yeah. that I'm really passionate about and talking about it, right? And and getting feedback on it and evolving it. And, and so it's that too. It's like you're robbing yourself of just going out and um, showing what, wait, I think this is a big thing now too, is like, there's all this advice out there of what you should be doing. And everyone's, you know, the market's almost conditioned to kind of have like warning flags up now when you have someone telling you what you should be doing and this is the way you do it. And this is your framework. And I think now the opportunity exists for people to really differentiate themselves, experts to differentiate themselves by showing, not telling. So literally mm -hmm. showing up unscripted, to answer questions, to share an idea, to, you know, stripping this varnish and these beautiful sales pages and these, you know, <laughs> beautiful infographics. It's like, no, this is what people want to know. They want to know that you understand their problem and you have some ideas to fix it. Like it doesn't need to be this whole complicated sort of song and dance. So I think under marketing and not, not doing what I want to be doing is really robbing myself of wanting to like being able to share my opinions and and my ideas yeah that's a great point bev how about you yeah i'd say it's a couple things it is not giving myself uh enough time and to really see if something i'm experimenting with is actually working I think some, it's very easy to try something once and say oh it didn't really work so i'm just gonna stop doing that um and then I don't get to see if it actually has any impact if I when I undermarket. And I think the other thing is it also doesn't give me an opportunity to see what about my messaging is resonating with people. Mm. So if I'm like trying this thing over here and then that thing maybe a few weeks later over there, like I don't I don't know. Like, did that is this messaging I'm thinking about using, is it actually helpful? Um or I can't tell if I'm just not being consistent about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we do give up on messaging way too soon. Like we say it once or twice and we're like, well, that didn't work. And it's like, oh, oh no. Because <laughs> um, like I sent my email that I sent yesterday was about the, around the math of how many marketing messages we see in a day versus how many we can take in. And the fact is like, we ignore 97% of the stuff that's coming in. Like we don't remember it, we don't recognize it. 
And that's why it's like, oh, no, you have to like repeat the message a lot before you can make a decision whether or not it is working and resonating. And I think that can be hard because you're like, oh, well, it, it should be working because everybody's paying attention to it, obviously. <laughs> and, and I often think not. this, like how many Nike commercials do you see in a day? How many McDonald's commercials do you see in a day? Like these are messages that are, you know, drilled into us. And we are so hesitant because it's people behind. It's not a brand behind the ad. It's a person mm-hmm. like. Uh oh. <laughs> And you know she's going to come back with like a rush of insight. So we'll see if she. Yes, you you froze. Oh, you're back. Oh, good. Sorry, yeah, I was going to say, did I freeze? I was. <laughs> but you know what I mean. So it's like it, you know, to your point, it's like if you think of it outside of it just being you, like the you know the most successful and well known brands in the world are because they just don't quit with talking about themselves in mm-hmm. a way that resonates with their audience. Yeah, I was thinking about like Nike's Just Do It campaign, which has been decades. Like they have used the same core message. Not wanting to exercise. And they knew, okay, well, if they're not going to be active in life, like, you know, we're not, we're, you know, this is going to be a problem for us. We sell active wearing shoes. So they said, just do it. Cause like psychologists (laughs) proved that we just don't want to do it. And they're like, no, don't hesitate. Just do it. And that's where it came from. Yeah. And it served them well for years. And it like, yeah, and I, I think we're like, oh, I said this once or twice and I can't say it again. And I'm like, oh, no, say it. Like, <laughs> Keep driving it home. Otherwise, people aren't going to get it. They just won't understand. And Melly asked a good question. Under, under marketing compared to what? What's the right amount? And I'm going to take this question because <laughs> Um, I feel like number one, it's going to, it depends. It's going to be unique to you. But the way that I look at it, it's like, I, I see marketing as having three distinct jobs, grow, engage, offer. Um, and Bev and Laura are probably like, oh, not this again, because I talk about it constantly <laughs> in the Expert Up Club. But we have to have we have to have a tactic that grows our audience or raises our brand awareness. And that can be social media, that can be SEO, that can be networking and having a more like robust referral system. Um, but it's like, how do I get exposed to new people? And you just need one activity. Like you don't need like five, because this is where people are like, oh, I need to be on LinkedIn and Instagram and threads and pitch myself for podcasts and do SEO. And it's like, no, you're not going to have time for that. Do one of those. Like you have to have a way for people to discover you. Mm-hmm. And then the second phase is engage. And that's where like your longer form content comes in. So that might be the videos you're creating, the um, your blog, your podcast. So many of you already have that down because we have podcasters here, but that's where you're actually engaging with people. And I would also say either having like email marketing, like having an email list or depending on your business model, sometimes all you need is a really robust CRM so you can follow up with people and build relationships. Like we have a co- like a couple of my clients, they need one or two clients a year. They don't need 500 people in their course. So for them, it's more of like, how do I build the relationships? How am I networking? How am I following up versus like, I got to grow an email list. And then finally, the final stage of this is offer or inviting people into your sales process. And where are you doing that? And you can have more than one strategy here. But like, is it your email list? Are you doing like, quote unquote conversion events, like having a webinar or something like that. Um, So there's a lot of ways to do that as well. And you have to figure out like, what is it that works best for me? So one discovery mechanism, so people know about you and then longer form content. And so you can nurture and get people ready for your work an email list where you're probably gonna be making offers or the CRM as well. And that's all you need. (laughs) 
And like, to your point, like, you know, a podcast or even a blog post, like a long form blog post at 2000 words, this is a heavy lift, like it's a lot of work. So Mm -hmm. repurpose that, like repurpose that content, don't try and reinvent the wheel every time on LinkedIn, like, to the same to Michelle's point, like talk about the same thing over and over again, because you can take snippets from the podcast, you can take snippets from the blog post. And you can use that wherever platform you're on and you can use it in your email marketing so coming up with these new ideas all the time is part of the exhaustion so like if you got Um, something there reuse it right yes (laughs) bev yeah i would say that's exactly what i did i had this email series over the summer to promote a new offer and then i was like well these emails i spent so much time and effort writing them that i wanted to repurpose them so i turned them into a podcast feed turn then yeah. turn the podcast, like each individual episode into a blog post. And then yeah, there's a follow-up good. email series that people sign up for it. So it's just like, it's the same content kind of reworked a little bit. And then I have, mm-hmm. like you said, I can use that to talk to back to use, pull from that in emails and LinkedIn posts to drive yeah. it back to the original yeah. thing. So my final question, and then I'll open it up for your questions or insights that you're having around this conversation or anything you want to share. So what's your plan for overcoming your under-marketing? Because it seems like both of you are in these positions where now marketing is becoming more of a necessity than it has before. So what's your plan? And I think you got to walk the talk too. Like, for example, like I have all these ideas and, and I have a million, you should see my desk, I have a million pieces of paper and whatever. And it's like, sometimes you just say to yourself, like, listen, more, like enough is enough. Like you have to kind of get on, you created an incredible marketing plan for me around my uh, three work rebellion and it's great. And I could action that. So like, I have things to do. So quite honestly, I've come to n- realize that I am not going to be doing all of it. So I've hired someone to pitch me on blog posts. So I have hired outside help for one thing. Now that is going to give me some momentum, I think. Um, I've also started looking at different ways, actively looking every day at PR opportunities, which is like what I started doing when I was 20. I'm like, oh, well, you know, you know so much about pitching (laughs) and all this. So going back to my roots as to like, what I what I know and I'm comfortable with. So I have already started to take those proactive steps. I have a routine where every morning I check for opportunities, I pitch stuff. And then where I am falling short is uh, my email newsletter and my LinkedIn posts. So Oh, what I also have been doing is like getting just my name out there a little bit more. So like in the X, I'm networking in the expert up club uh, in that ecosystem of other people who are facing the same challenges. And it's not to drum up business. It's to just be in community with people and talk about things and learn and, you know, share. And, you know, Michelle's amazing. There's always something relevant and timely in there. So I'm doing that and just doing that, those sort of visibility things and those showing up to be in community with people, it does build momentum. So it's like, I'm a big relationship person. I love working with people one-to-one. So it makes sense for me to be in community where I'm doing stuff like this and talking with people and without expectation. Um, So I'm doing stuff like that. And then, so, you know, I guess in answer to your question, I basically am putting it in my schedule to say, this is what you're doing and you're going to do this and you're going to look after yourself first. You're not going to look after your clients first. You're going to do this first and then you're going to get your client work. You're not going to leave your clients, you know, you're going to get your work done, but you're also going to build into your business, like SOPs, like taking care of yourself, your own business, because, you know, it just... It, it's been I, I feel like you get to a certain I feel like too I'm five years into my own business that I started and you get to a point where you're really clear on what you want to do what you want to say where you need to be um, and so that clarity also helps because I think for the first two years you're like muddling about and so-and-so tells you to take this course and you learn about like I don't know I think I even took like a Pinterest course I'm like Pinterest for business, like all these different, I'm like, oh Lord. But you know, five years later, you're like, okay, I know what I need to be doing. I'm clear. I know. So I'm taking action essentially, which is the key to everything in life, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can take action and be consistent. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm yeah. hiring. I can hire someone to help me. So I have to be realistic about, okay, what will I realistically do on my own? And what do have I been saying I want to do and not doing? I'm going to reach out and get help on that. Yeah. And I just want to highlight something you said about how we always put our clients first. That's me. <laughs> and then our business comes second. And it does, it's, uh, I hate this metaphor. It's the old oxygen mask, right? Like you got to yes. put your oxygen mask on first. But I think when it comes to marketing, like setting aside the time that we need in order to do whatever those activities are for us, whatever our strategy is, and realizing that, yes, we can still get, you know, we can still do this, you know, get to our client work. And I mean, I realize that there's always complications to that because most of us are on our own, we are solo, or we have like one person helping us. And like, I am in the season. Um, so ever since I was diagnosed with Bell's palsy, like I'm in this like, healing journey season, and I just can't be marketing as much as I normally would, like I'm not actioning on my marketing plan. And that's okay, because there are certain non negotiables that I will still do. But I just, you know, like, you kind of have to accept that because but I'm still putting me first. You know, I don't know if you remember this finance woman. I'm not sure. I haven't caught up with her in years. I don't know if she's problematic, but she used to say, pay yourself first, you know, pay yourself first. And I'm like, uh -huh. you got to pay ourselves first, right? Yeah. We're worried yeah. about our customer sales and, and, you know, their success metrics. And we have to kind of, uh, I think, value our, our own business that way, too. And I think, you know, a lot of it is the mindset thing, like, it feels like such a heavy lift because it's we've been procrastinating on it or or I mean me I shouldn't say we uh, or beating myself for not up for not doing it and I built this thing in my head about like it's not the, it's you know it's not running a marathon you know it's just like <laughs> why is this such a big deal right like and especially when I can sit down and like you know bang out five LinkedIn posts you know for my client and I'm like oh yeah Lori like you should probably do this for yourself you know like mm -hmm. Absolutely. Bev, how about you? What is your plan? Well, my plan is to stick to the plan yeah. <laughs> I did in the Expert Up Club because it's actually, I mean, I've always really resisted creating marketing plans, but I really like your approach. I'm like, oh, this feels very attainable. Like it's not, okay, posting multiple times a week. It's just picking a couple activities, kind of speaking back to what you talked about earlier mm -hmm. during this call that will help in those three areas and just focusing on that. So focusing on my email, focusing on LinkedIn. And then in addition to that, um, thinking about like what I shared before that I have a Friday mornings blocked off as a date with myself to go to this awesome brewery that has great coffee in the morning where I go and write. So I write next week's email. Um, so keeping that time sacred, not allowing other people to schedule things there. Um, so it's actually like fully blocked off of my calendar. Um, and the other thing is being more intentional about like if people are replying to my emails, like how can I further the conversation? Mm. Um, I have a an automated email that goes out asking people if I, if I don't know how they found me, like ask them like, oh, how did you find me? And I found that's a great way to open up the conversation and to just yeah. also find out, like, I didn't know what to say after that. I was like, oh, that's that's great. But I've started asking, like, oh, what do you hope to get out of my newsletter being here? And it's helping me to, like, have a conversation. And from sometimes from that, I'm just inviting people not to get on a sales call, but just to get on, a, like, a coffee chat so just so we can get to know each other more. And maybe it'll turn into, mm. like a referral or just a connection. I actually invited someone the other day who joined my email list on a coffee chat. And during the call, she invited me to be on her podcast, which is not why I, I didn't <laughs> even know she had a podcast. And I, when she asked me, I was just like, Oh, I would love to. So yeah, like it was a great person that I met. I have now have a further connection with someone who's on my email list. I'm going to set up a connection email for her. And she invited me to be on her podcast. And I was like, oh, this felt so effortless and fun. 
That is, and that's such a great way. Like, yes, you're still using email marketing, but then you're just adding this personal touch into it where that's such a great idea for a follow-up email. Like, how did you find me? What are you hoping to get out of this? And <laughs> and then you can, A, get some good voice of customer research too, but then making connections with the right people. Well, thank you, Laura and Bev, for sharing your insights and wisdoms. I'm, I love, thank you, Laura, for saying this was thought provoking. And Tracy said it made her feel less alone. So we have another roundtable coming up on November 15th to talk about over marketing. So if you ever over index on that, feel free to come. Maybe you'll get some ideas from that as well. And then we have the Expert Up Open House coming up on December 6th. So a few more um, events before the end of the year. But I really appreciate you all being here and sharing. And I hope to see you soon at one of our other events. Thank you so much for listening to this roundtable discussion about flying under the radar and how to overcome under marketing your business. I know one of the insights that stood out for me in this conversation is when Laura talked about taking care of your business first before your client work. And for me, this made me reflect on how can I put my business first so that I make sure the marketing and sales work is getting done because that's a measure of the health of my business. And for me, that looks like rearranging my schedule a bit so that I have dedicated marketing and sales activity time every single morning because it's time to put my own business first and know that my client work will not suffer when I do that. If anything, it will get better because I am taking care of me and the business. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know it was a bit of a longer one and a different format. And if you are interested in having more conversations like this one, and you want to figure out how to overcome undermarketing in your own business, then I would love to see you at the Expert Up Club open house. It's happening December 6th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, and you can get all the details and sign up at drmichellemazur.com slash open house. If the Make Marketing Suck Less pod is making your marketing more effective so that your clients can find and hire you, please share the show with a friend. The easiest way to do that is through Podlink. You can find the show at pod.link slash rebel, and that page will allow anyone you share the show with to subscribe and start listening in their favorite podcast player. That's pod.link slash rebel. The Make Marketing Suck Less podcast is a production of Communication Rebel. Our production coordinator is Jessica Gully Ward. The podcast is edited by Stephen Mills. Our executive producer is me, Dr. Michelle Mazur. The Make Marketing Suck Less podcast is recorded on the unceded traditional lands of the Coast Salish peoples, specifically the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people, original stewards of the land past and present. <laughs>